This is for professional and institutional clients only. I think you just need people at all ages within your business, with all backgrounds and with all different experiences. It's just really important. Welcome to the Igneo Infrastructure Partners podcast, Keeping It Real Assets. In this series, you will hear from the Igneo investment team in conversation with the leaders of our global infrastructure businesses. We will shine a light on how they operate and their approach to the challenges of an ever-changing world. We hope that you enjoy listening. Welcome to this episode of Keeping It Real Assets. My name is Hamish Lee Wilson, and I'm a partner at Igneo Infrastructure Partners. In this episode, I'll be talking with Jane Atkinson, the Chief Operating Officer of Infinium. Infinium is Igneo's energy from waste platform in the UK. Today, we're going to talk about how Infinium is dealing with challenges in its search for diverse STEM talent in the workforce. STEM standing for science, technology, engineering, and maths. And we'll also discuss the challenges presented by having a highly skilled, but frankly, aging engineering workforce, how to encourage more young people into the sector, and the sector being both waste and energy sectors, and also discussing the general lack of female representation in the energy and waste sectors. Now, given Infinium has got Jane as COO and Jenny Harrison as CFO, we're in a great position with regards to talented role models at the top of the organisation, but there's still plenty more work to do. My name is Jane Atkinson. As you mentioned, I'm COO of Infinium. I have been an engineer all my working life, so I'm a chemical engineer by trade. I've spent 10 years in the steel industry, 10 years in power gen and 10 years as a contractor. So coming to Infinium as an energy from waste plant, I feel like I'm coming home into the power generation world with a quirk. So recognizing all of those issues that you've mentioned, I suppose all my career, I have seen the STEM challenge and particularly getting more females into engineering has always been a problem. Unfortunately, it's not really getting any better today. It's a real fundamental issue, but also from an Infinium perspective, we're only two years old and getting our name out there to attract a workforce is really important to us. Was that challenge part of the reason you accepted the role or was there something else? Taking waste, household waste in particular, and making power from it, to me, that seems a good thing. Yeah. Much better than taking waste and putting it to landfill. And finally, one of the things that really attracted me as an individual to Infinium was we posted our first ESG report. So environmental, social and governance last year. And when I read it, I just went, wow. And also being slightly a chemical engineer, when I saw all of the Sankey diagrams and the carbon dioxide percentages, I loved it. So actually it was really kind of an exciting, different business, but also it was a business that I kind of understood as well and felt I could make a difference. What challenges do we have in recruitment at the moment? My perfect workforce really is a blend of very experienced people maturing both age and diversity of experience, particularly commissioning and startup. There's two things happening in the sort of engineering kind of market is if 
by 2025, 2026, a lot of engineers are going to retire in the UK. Yeah. It was just a demographic. And in fairness, I think in the last 10 years, you know, the universities have got more engineering courses. There's been quite a lot of reaction to it, but there's still not sufficient engineers in the market. So how can I attract the best with Vinium? It's really important for me. And then apprentice programs, it's really important to get young people in. Last year was the first year in Vinium that started their apprenticeship program. We've got some brilliant apprentices. We've got four this year. They do year at college and we're using Catch to help us train our apprentices. We're looking for another six starting this year. But the program is a year at college and then at Easter they come for a bit of experience. At Christmas they come for a bit of experience. And then they come on site for two years to complete their apprenticeship and they come and get audited by Catch to make sure that they're learning the right things. The issue really is the market. I mean, the market is really tight for good quality individuals. But also, we've lost a lot of engineers in the UK, a lot of retired. And actually, right. COVID expedited that retirement in some cases. For a long time, particularly in the 90s, apprenticeship programs went out of fashion. Although universities picked up and increased the number of seats at university for engineering, there's still not enough engineers in the market. And what is quite interesting, actually, engineers are very diverse and quite attractive in the market. So we lose a lot of engineers to financial institutions. Sorry, we've yeah. hired a few, I'm afraid. Absolutely, <laughs> especially chemical engineers, generally, yeah. they do seem to go across. But also there is also the perennial problem of female engineers. They really come into their own in sort of the late 20s. Then they go and have children and then getting either back into the workplace or actually the workplace being adaptable to allow them to have a family has always been traditionally difficult. So we're doing a lot with all of the professional engineering institutes to try and make employers in particular really think about their benefits for getting more and more women back into the engineering sector. How have you found the recruitment process for the apprenticeship scheme? We opened an advert at Infinium. And we got 100 applicants straight away of youngsters, wow. and 20% of them were women, and 80% were men. So actually, even that diversity was really, really good. All ages, all backgrounds, some had not even considered a career in, in this kind of sector that we're in. So really, really good. And I actually love apprentices in the workplace for many reasons. First of all, obviously very young, yeah. <laughs> and just bring that enthusiasm and that interest. But what you do find, especially children who haven't done necessarily well at school academic, but really good vocationally. When they visually see things, they become actually really good engineers. And I've known apprentices, and and there's been quite a few, you know, in my tenure, where actually they've done an apprenticeship, two years of working, then wanted to do a degree. And they've been really successful and become very good engineers. So sometimes it's about the maturity and growing up when you're an apprentice. You know, there's amazing examples out there. And more and more, I think we need to attract youngsters through that route. And I also think with universities and the expense of going to a university, this is a really good way of actually, particularly adult apprenticeships where you're going to do degrees, it's a good way of getting your degree paid, paid for, for yeah, and not yeah, in yeah. debt, and you're earning money. So, yeah. you know, why wouldn't you want to do it? I guess in our situation at Infinium, quite a good role model that the CEO, Mike, he started his career as an apprentice. Absolutely. There are some really good role models out there, and I think that's some of the problem, particularly in the whole engineering, construction, operation world. We haven't traditionally had role models out there 
And a lot of the professional engineering institutes now are trying to show these role models. So that's about apprenticeship schemes. How about graduate schemes? Do you think that's something that we'll look at in the future? Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important to look at graduate schemes. I think you just need people at all ages within your business, with all backgrounds and with all different experiences. It's just really important. And the other thing with graduates for me, graduates come with really good background and really good theory, but they probably haven't seen it applied in the real world. So they come with a different perspective, whereas people who are experienced have seen it, been there and done it. They ask different questions and sometimes are quite difficult questions because it's like it's always been like that. So they challenge the norm. So it's really important to get graduates and it's about keeping graduates interested and giving a succession route through the organisation. And I think the other thing is, you know, a lot of people get upset when you bring a graduate in and that graduate leaves after two, three, four years. Actually, you've done your bit. They're a better engineer and most engineers are going to be doing that. I read an article a couple of years ago which said, the average graduate now will have 17 jobs in 17 different companies compared to myself, which I've been in, I'm just thinking of five, six companies in my whole career, and that's it. So they are going to move on. But if you've got a graduate and they could use their knowledge, use their background to help you solve problems, it'll make them better and it'll make your business better. And so we've spoken about apprentices, graduates. How do you connect those younger, less experienced people with the older, more experienced people in the organisation? So we do a couple of things, particularly with the apprentices, we buddy them up with a more experienced person. And that's more about as much about their safety, particularly in the working environment, because they're young, they're not aware of some of the risks associated with coming into a heavy industry. So we buddy the apprentices up. But for a graduate, it's about mentoring, mentorship, It's about giving them more targets so they can achieve and talk to them about their successes and where they can do better. So that mentoring for me is really important. And it's really important that they're out of the line. So they're not the boss of the graduate. They're somebody else helping, understanding. And then the other thing, and I did it many, many years ago when I was a graduate, it's getting your peers, having that kind of little network. And even if it goes outside of work, even better, that you can go and ask them the daft questions. How do you do this? You don't want to go and ask your boss because you're yeah. like, so you want to give them enough confidence and enough networking. So we've spoken about different ages. How about the gender diversity point? So the challenge of bringing more women into the engineering workforce. How are we approaching that at Infinium or outside in some of the sort of trade bodies that you're a part of? So there's quite a lot of work being going on for quite a long time about yeah. attracting more women into the workplace. And I think, as I mentioned at the moment, there's still only about 24% of women who actually go to university to do engineering. So, you know, how do you attract that 24% to your workplace? Making sure that your, you know, the family-friendly stuff that I talked about earlier, et cetera, is part of that attraction. But again, I do believe that role models are a good way to say, you know, that individual's been there and done it. Because a lot of engineers generally might not want to go into a heavy industry Infinium is the first company that I've ever had female PPE through my whole working life for 30 years. Now, I've adapted. I always carry a belt and I always carry thick socks because I've never had boots that fit me and never had trousers that fit me. But now, these days, it's all there and it's available, so there's no excuse. Which sounds like a simple thing, but I imagine it's it's, it's a genuine difference. So, Jane, you mentioned a few times about 
how we're seeking diversity, whether that's about age, experience or gender. Why is that? Well, for me, it's about just having different ideas in the room. So if you think sort of engineering, our real job is to troubleshoot and to find, uh, you know, find either ways around doing things or making things better. And people with different experiences, different backgrounds, different ways of thinking, it's our backgrounds that shape us. So having those different thoughts, having those different ideas, it's actually amazing when you get a team like that together in a room and say, this is the problem I've got. And the ideas that come from it, it's brilliant. But if you have the same problem in a room full of people that have always done it this way, you just don't get that diversity of thought. Excellent. So I think that's all we have time for today. Jane, thank you very much. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Real Assets, the Ignio Infrastructure Partners podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to more by following Ignio Infrastructure Partners on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like to find out more about Ignio Infrastructure Partners, you can visit our website at igneoip.com. This podcast series was produced by Mark Gardner at OX4 Sound Studio. This podcast is not a financial promotion and has been prepared for general information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment or financial advice and does not take into account the specific investment objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. References to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell such securities. Investment vehicles managed by Igneo Infrastructure Partners are only available to institutional investors, professional investors, qualified investors and wholesale clients. They are not available to retail clients, the general public, private customers or any persons in any jurisdiction in which their distribution is not authorised. Igneo Infrastructure Partners is an unlisted infrastructure asset management business and is part of the First Sentier Investors Group. We communicate and conduct business through different legal entities in different locations. Please refer to the notes section of the podcast platform you use for more information on Igneo Infrastructure Partners in your region. For Singapore only, the podcast should be used in accordance with the applicable laws in Singapore. In Singapore, The podcast is issued by First Sentier Investors Singapore, whose company registration number is 19690420D. This advertisement or material has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. First Sentier Investors registration number 53236800B and Igneo Infrastructure Partners registration number 53447928J are business divisions of First Sentier Investors Singapore.